The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN Store. Generinos and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 332. Who should I send it out to? Um, okay, my my jinx uh, on the Tampa Bay Rays work. Uh, the Blue Jays, who I root for, beat them twice. So, I mean, who do I want to hex now? Okay, this uh, episode is going to go out to the Los Angeles Clippers. Go Clippers. So, <laughs> I hope you do amazing in your series against the Suns. Um, thanks for coming to the show. This is not a this is not about uh, black magic and voodoo and witchcraft. No, this is an MMA podcast, and we've got you covered for this weekend's Pavlovich versus Blades as we continue to bide time until we see Pennington versus Aldana two, which is a month away as of today. So, um, but we'll we'll make do. Uh, we'll talk about heavyweight fight and we'll talk about the fights before it, and we'll have some fun. We'll make you some money, and we'll forget all about last week's fight card which we didn't even mention last podcast, luckily. Uh, let's bring in my co-host. Like I said, the we is not a royal we. Um, I have the one and only Danny V, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? We didn't mention last week's at all, which is good. We yeah, totally yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone. It's, it's gone. We're, we're on to the next one. Uh, next, next man up, next card up. Yep, exactly. All right. As I always like to ask you, I asked you about the undercard, thoughts on the undercard, thoughts on the main card. Now, Gumby... Let's kill some time. Again, interesting. It, it's just one of those ones where uh, there's like two or three people with huge question marks next to their names. Um, th- this main event is, I mean, it's wild because like you have, you you have a guy who's never faced in, in Pavlovich. You have a guy who's never faced somebody like Curtis Blades. Um, and, and that's, that that happens a lot at heavyweight because there's not a lot of guys who wrestle like Curtis Blades or who come with that game plan. But it really does make for like very weird matchups that are like kind of hard to handicap. Yeah. This is a typical new age UFC fight night. You got a, a decent main event and then the, the rest of it's kind of, uh. um, but sickles like us like it. Uh, we lost Song Yadong and Ricky Simone. That's going to happen next week as a main event. Looking at that card, ooh, that card's really rough. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, people say we're, that. We're not normal people, Dan. Remember that. I, I'm not a normal people. Yes, if you are the type of person who is like, uh, you know, I, I need, I, I need high profile matches that matter for stuff. Yes, that's a tough <laughs> yeah. one for you. But I will tell you that Rodolfo Vienna versus Cody Brundage, that's interesting as hell. Uh, Joshua Quinlan versus Angelusa, somebody's gonna lose their head in that fight. Um, Jake Collier versus Martin Boudet. Who doesn't like two dudes who are as fat as they are going at it? <laughs> if everything Gumby said registers with you, you're at the you're at the you're, you're at the, you're right, the right podcast. This is your home. <laughs> this is the home of the sickos. Because who else would get excited about those fights? But but a bunch of weirdos like us. But um, all right, we can talk about that next week. But we got to talk about the main card. We got five fights. Before we get into that, I'm going to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at underdog fantasy besides daily nhl nba and mlb games they have already got nfl best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code sgpn for 100 deposit bonus up to 100 bucks 
So important things, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's your promo code for everywhere. Just remember, use that promo code. All right, let's start with welterweights, Jeremiah Wells from the fight camp that Dan is in love with versus Matthew Semmelsberger. Uh, we'll tell you this one. It's pretty much a pick em on the board. I'll tell you about Semi, the Jedi, Semmelsberger first. 11-4, six knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 5-2 and two in the UFC. He's gone 3-1 over his last four and 8-2 and two over his last 10. So he's on a pretty good run here. He did win his last fight. He used to fight at middleweight. Four inches taller than Wells, inch of reach, six years younger. He's more active than strikes over their, their uh, UFC careers. He's barely outstruck his UFC opponents. He's at plus point zero three strikes per minute differential. Uh, so he hits his opponents 0.03 times more per minute on average. That's what that number means. He's at minus 105. Jeremiah Wells, man, so nice. He doesn't need a nickname. He's 11, 2, and 1. Five knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 3-0 and in the UFC as part of a five-fight winning streak. All of those fights have been via finish. All of those wins. Uh, he's gone 8-1 and one over his last nine. Multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. Go to the SGPN store. Get the shirt. I'll give you more info on that very, very soon about the uh, special we have going on. 2012 Pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by a very nice 2.06 strikes per minute. Minus 110. I go first each on the main card. Give me Jeremiah Wells. Um, I've already put Dan in for him as well because I, I know he's a fan. It's Ryan Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in uh, Philly. Um, Wells is really good and hits really hard and I think Semmelsberger's being a little overrated in this fight. So definitely give me a Wells in this one. I like his all-around game. So first of all, you mentioned no nickname. None of the guys out of that camp do. Have you noticed that? Sean Brady, yeah. Andre Petrovsky, Pat Sabatini. Is that, a, none of the, is there, is that like a, a rule or do you know I anything about that? I, I, I don't know. know. Uh, You're I a nickname just, guy. I did ask Sean Brady about his nickname one time, and he said Paul Felder tried to force the nickname Brickhouse on him one time. Well, that um, would fit. Yeah, it's well fitted, uh, but he was like, nah, I'm not having that. Um, you like his body? I, I mean, he is built like a fucking breakouts. <laughs> if anybody's built like a breakouts, it's Sean Brady. If you don't, um, know we're, don't know what we're talking about listening to yesterday's podcast, but yes, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, no, I'm with you on this one. I'm thinking Wills. I, I think Semi's getting a lot of hype off of that Jake Matthews win, which, yeah. like, granted, he should, right? Like, a win off mm -hmm. of Jake Matthews really matters. But if you go back to that fight, first of all, he's got a lot of forward pressure. It, he's trying to draw his opponent's strikes all the time. When he does go first striking, his head dips very heavily, and, and it's going to dip right into range on Jeremiah Wells. And a, as we kind of learned in the Court McGee fight, Jeremiah Wells doesn't have to hit you two times. He has to hit you once, and it's over. Even somebody like Court McGee learned that the hard way. Court McGee's got one of the best chins in MMA, and he slapped him. And if you go back... Go back and watch the semi, the Jedi fight with uh, with Jake Matthews in the second round. And, and I even put a timestamp on it because when I was watching it, I was like, this this is meaningful. There's a minute 34 left in the second round. Semi overextends himself with a strike and eats a fat counter from Jake Matthews. A big right hand hits him right on the chin as he's off balance. And, and let me tell you something. If he had gotten hit with that punch from Jeremiah Wells, it would have ended his night and it would have ended his week. Um, he'd still be sleeping. So, uh, I, I think that in the, like, just overall, the lateral movement of Jeremiah Wells here should keep semi working too hard. He's just going to miss once and, and Wells is going to sleep him. He's going to hibernate him. Is he? Yeah. Hibernation, At least for a week. Baby. Hibernation, hibernation baby. That's a good title, dad. Hibernation. The baby makes it hibernation. 
baby. All right. Comma, comma I, baby. Not, amazing not things. Not with a hyphen, with a comma. Hibernation. Yes, of course. Comma yeah. baby. I always type in the alt titles into these spreadsheets so I don't forget. And sometimes I forget to delete them. And then like months later, I'll see it. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> we we say some weird things in the show. But what anyhow, peanut we're... butter mayonnaise mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Wells is the pick. Did we say that peanut butter mayonnaise before? I don't know. It, it seemed like something though, didn't it? Soon. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. It's uh, as long as we do this podcast long enough, it will happen. All right. Women's strawweight, Yasmin Lucindo versus Brogan Walker. It says Walker Sanchez, but I think she's just Walker now. From yeah, I believe, I, see, right? I believe she's divorced and the Sanchez yes. is gone. Yes, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. She is a bear, or the bear, excuse me. Uh, Brogan, the bear. Walker, 7-3, one submission, but knocked out once. 0-1 in the UFC. That was the Ultimate Fighter finale because she went 2-0 in the house. She's won one of her last four official fights, uh, not counting Ultimate Fighter fights. Got TKO'd in her last fight. Three and two in Invicta. Used to fight at flyweight. Inch height, inch reach on Lucindo. She's been outstruck over her one fight <laughs> in the UFC by 1.72 strikes per minute. She's at plus 280. Lucindo, 13 and five, eight knockouts, two submissions. Knocked out once, submitted twice. 0 one in the UFC. Seven and one over her last eight, however. Um, did lose her last fight, her UFC debut. Used to fight at flyweight as well. Was regional champion. 14 years younger than the Walker. Twice more active landing strikes over their, uh, based on their one fight each. She was outstruck by her opponent in that fight, but 1.33 strikes per minute. Minus 300 on the board. Go ahead. So, yeah, she was outstruck by Yasmin Horegi. Yes. Uh, who, by the way, you know, phenomenal prospect. When she fight again? Did she have a fight? Um, so she she just fought uh, Estella Nunez back in December, but I assume she's got to be getting ready for another one soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Haregi, huge prospect. That's a tough loss for Yasmin Lucindo. That, that's a tough first fight. Do you know what isn't a tough first fight? Juliana Miller. <laughs> oh, yes. That's for damn <laughs> uh, sure. And we're talking about Brogan Walker here, a woman who got TKO'd by <laughs> Juliana by Miller. To a very inexperienced MMA fighter who... It's a jiu-jitsu expert, yes. And, and we got to see how bad Juliana Miller was in that next fight. And, and yeah. to me, like, that that's just all you really need to know here. Is Yasmin Lucindo, uh, like, she was very competitive with Yasmin Horegi. And sh- she didn't score any takedowns against Horegi. But the thing I did really like about her, she got in on some body locks, had the positions to finish. Horegi just, like, a little bit too experienced and, like, stuffed them and wound up getting a frame in there and things like that. Brogan Walker does not have the ability to do that or not that doesn't have the, the strength to stuff that I, I think Lucindo is going to get takedowns if you want. And I, I think she's infinitely better on the feet. Even if she doesn't get the takedown, she's going to win there. So yeah, give me Lucindo. And you, I, I almost forgot to mention the most important part of the breakdown. Yes. So you, you didn't mention neither of them are Canadian. No, you didn't mention that how Reggie, or not Horegi, Lucindo, rather. Lucindo was a champion at the very highest level. Do you know that? Oh, really? I missed that? She was in 1FC for real? Oh, no, 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 no. That's much the highest than, level. No, much higher than 1FC. Oh, I, I said regional champ. So that would have been Samurai Fight House? Samurai Fight House champion! No way! <laughs> I was talking about that on uh, in the dis- in the uh, yeah Discord today. Yeah, she's Which a Samurai of- Fight House flyweight oh, champion. Wow. Well, I'm uh, no. taking her too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you got to take the Samurai Fighthouse champ. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm taking her. Obviously, uh, Walker did not look good in her debut, and and didn't she, look good against a bad opponent. <laughs> yeah, and even though she didn't fight uh, 
recently. Yeah, she looks even worse now after that uh, after that last fight um, that um, Juliana Miller had. So um, listen to 14 years younger too. That's that's a massive age gap. Just like a five year age gap, sixty four percent success rate for fighters five years younger or less. This is almost three times that. So um, yeah. Lucindo is the pick. Minus 300 uh, makes sense on that fight. All right, lightweights. Bobby Green, the last time we're going to say that name, Dan. Maybe we'll say knee Bobby Green. Maybe we'll say knee Bobby when he's king Bobby Green. But Bobby King, knee Green. Yeah, Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon. We mentioned You mentioned him yesterday on the podcast. Jared Gordon, Flash Gordon. What, a, what an original nickname. Every Gordon in the world is Flash Gordon. 19-6, uh, six, six knockouts, two submissions. But knocked out four times, submitted once. Seven and five in the UFC. Again, loss, win, loss, but he really won his last fight against Patty Pimlet. He's fight at featherweight, has missed weight twice before. Multiple retail championships on his mantle. Get the shirt in our store. 2011 Pro MMA debut, two years younger than Green. Uh, he's outstruck his UFC opponents by point, sorry, plus 2.15 strikes per minute. He's at plus 220. King Bobby Green, pretty student, just King Green, 29, 14, and 1. 10 knockouts, eight submissions. It's been knocked up four times, submitted twice. 10 9 and 1 in the UFC. He's got 0 and 2 over his last two. He went before that, he won two straight. So he was 2 and 2 over his last four. And then before that, he lost two straight. So 2 and 4 over his last six. Uh oh, this means he may be on a two fight winning streak coming up um, based on the patterns. He lost his last two fights via knockout or, or TKO. Just recently finished a uh, drug test suspension. 4 and 1 in Strike Force. There's that Strike Force name again. Uh, multiple regional championships on his mantle. Get the shirt. 2008 pro MMA debut inch of height, three inches of reach on Gordon more active landing strikes. He's outstruck as you see a point. So I have 2.32 strikes per minute minus 250. Give me the dog, baby flash Gordon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, fading Bobby green, even though uh, he's an enjoyable guy uh, knocked out in his last two fights. I don't think Gordon's going to knock him out necessarily, but it's not a good look when a older fighter starts getting knocked out. Um, and I think green can really utilize his grappling on him. So, think plus 220 is a really um, well worth the roll of the dice here. I agree with you entirely. Uh, I'm on uh, Gordon as well here. I, I don't think he's going to knock him out either. In fact, if you're looking for the last knockout or the last, uh, you're going to have to call it a TKO because it's not even really a knockout. If you're looking for the last TKO victory of Jared Gordon, it was uh, 2017, his UFC debut. He uh, ground and pounded Michelle Quinones. Um, and if you're looking tells for horrible things now about Quinones, go ahead. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't remember. No, I, I don't remember El Capo well <laughs> enough to. Uh, oh. Other than, other than he followed up by losing to Sage Northcutt as well. So. Oh, it, it, I remember it, that kid. Yeah, it couldn't have been that good. Um, but if you're looking for his last knockout, knockout that came in 2016, and when he was still in CFFC. Um, so it's been a while since Jared Gordon's knocked anybody out. But I, I think your point about the wrestling is really important. You know who I stole that from. Oh, probably me. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, like his wrestling's good. And it, yep. if you look at Bobby Green, like uh, his most recent fights are not good indicators of what his wrestling is, right? Like you can't use an Islam Makhachev fight and be like, oh, he can't defend a takedown. Like, yeah, no kidding. Nobody's really defending Islam Makhachev's takedowns except for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. But if you go back to his fight with Tiago Moises, Tiago Moises shot like kind of obvious takedowns and Bobby Green really didn't have an answer. In fact, one time... Tiago Moises slammed him. And I don't even think of Tiago Moises as being like a particularly good wrestler. He's just a good grappler, right? He's a good jujitsu specialist. But even he like lost in the wrestling to, to Michael Johnson. Like Michael Johnson was out wrestling 
Tiago Moises. Um, but Bobby Green wasn't. And Bobby Green also does that thing where when he's getting taken down, he like jumps guillotines. He tries to hit switches. He looks for Kimuras instead of just like defending the fucking takedown. Uh, like if he just defended the takedown, he's mad. I, I mean, like, well, it's really irritating, right? Like <laughs> a guy who doesn't work good off his back, right? Like if you work good off your back, if you're a Paul Shass or if you're uh Stefan Struve or something, and you want to try to hit a Kimura on the way down or jump a guillotine, like if you're a Gerald Mearshart, props to you. But when you're Bobby Green, a dude who doesn't finish takedowns and a guy who wants to be on his feet so badly, what are you doing trying to hit a switch on the way down against Tiago Moises? Like, and if you do that against Jared Gordon, you are going to wind up on the bottom for most of this fight and at least enough of this fight for Jared Gordon to take it on the judges scorecards. I like Gordon in this one too. All right. I think the King green needs to add, add some else to his coaching staff. Cause uh, Gummy's getting animated here about him and his wrestling. So I, I uh, give like a safe solid. Yes. Yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah he, his, he would uh, yell. Yes. True. But he, he calls his coach dad. So I don't think he's getting rid of his coach anytime soon. So, um, all right. Let me tell you about is Bobby Green's Richter. dad, his coach. Uh, he, considers, he considers him his dad, but he's not his blood oh. dad. But yeah, he, he oh, okay. calls him his dad and stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. SGPN merch store. I, I've been hinting at it, but yes, we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. In honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store when you use the promo code SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportscomingpodcast.com and use the promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything, including our multi-regional championships on his mantle shirt. So make sure you grab that and anything else that looks nice in our merch store. All right. Where are we moving to? Co-main event time. Brad, Brad Tavares, co-main event. Just what the doctor ordered. Uh, Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva in the middleweight division. Uh, let me tell you about Blendado, Armor, Silva. This is the middleweight Silva, not the bantamweight slash flyweight. What? what uh, Mostly flyweight, but Mostly he missed flyweight. weight there. So it wound yes. up with bantamweight a couple of times. All right, Blindado is 22 and 8 with 19 knockouts. He's been submitted six times, three and two in the UFC. However, he has lost two straight fights. Last one via submission. He was the M1 champ before the UFC. 2010 Pro MMA debut. Two years younger than Tavares. Uh more active landing strikes. He, however, he's been outstruck over his five UFC fights by 0.25 strikes per minute. Not a good look for a kickboxer. Uh guy who's supposed to specialize in that. He's at plus 140. Tavares, 19-7, five knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out three times, 14-7 and seven in the UFC. He's gone two and one over his last three, and two and three over his last five. He did lose his last fight. 2007 Pro MMA debut. Inch taller than Silva. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.29 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Silva, minus 155. And I'm, going, I'm going Brad Tavares. Um, I am too. Yeah, you know, in... When this posted, I was like, ah, I kind of like Bruno Silva. Uh, yep, Bruno, me too. <laughs> Bruno Silva, yeah, he had that fun fight with uh, Alex Pajeda. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I maybe I like a dog. Because, you know, when I see these fights posted, I'm instantly thinking about what the line is and, like, whether or not I can find dog money somewhere where I thought I'd love it. And so then I went back and I watched not just this fight with, with Alex Pajeda, but I went back and watched this fight after that with Gerald Mearshart. That dude had a legitimate, very hard time finding the range against Gerald Mearshart. Like a legitimate, hard time finding the range of Gerald Mearshart. And at the end of that fight, he was so tired, he got guillotined by Gerald Mearshart. And the problem with fighting somebody like Brad Tavares, Brad Tavares doesn't slow down. 
you know, like you, you can say what you want about the skills of Brad Tavares. You might not think he's the best fighter in the whole world or deserving of staying in the top 15. Or you might be like, oh, my God, this guy again. Because, look, he debuted on the Ultimate Fighter 11. It's been a few years uh, since since uh, he made his debut. And, like, you, you, you might be sick of him because he had that kind of, like, you know, boring fight with Elias Theodoru and his fight with Omari Akhmedov wasn't a barn burner and the Antonio Carlos Jr. fight didn't, you know, set the world on fire. And even his fight with Izzy was, like, not a ton of fun. And, like, you can say all those things, but he's got an amazing gas tank. The dude always pushes forward. And if you can't find the range of Gerald Mearshart, what middleweight can you find the range of? Because that dude's not particularly great on his feet. And if you're supposedly a kickboxer... I think you should be able to touch up Gerald Mearshart. So, uh, and I love Gerald Mearshart. This is coming from a Gerald Mearshart fan. Uh, but I, I think Tavares is going to have no problem staying out of the range of the big strikes. And Tavares has also shown that he will wrestle in instances where, like, in instances where his opponent has a striking advantage, he'll bust out the wrestling. He did it against Izzy. He scored a takedown there. I, I think we could see him use it here. And even if he doesn't, I, I think he could definitely win this fight elsewhere. Yeah, Silva, uh, I'm off him now. Oh, we were, you know, I think we were pretty high on him when he came into the UFC. Um, I was high on I think I picked him to beat Pajeda. Yeah, yeah I, I, I probably did too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's his his um, his power worries me a bit in this fight, but uh, Tavares is pretty good at not getting finished um pretty smart fighter and I think with the exception good. of like a weird fight with with edmund shabazian which by the way of all of the people who i expected to knock you out yeah not, not edmund shabazian no like that was no. not what i was expecting <laughs> yeah but i think Tavares can as dan said use the grappling and get a w here and yeah silva's seems to have been figured out um all right let's move to the heavyweights sergey the main event actually uh heavyweight Five rounds if they need it. Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blaze. Duh, Blades, not Blaze, Blades. Pavlovich is 17 and 1, 14 knockouts. He's been knocked out once. He's 5 and 1 in the UFC. He's won five straight fights after getting knocked out in his debut against Alistair Overeem. A very rough beginning because this was November 2018. Overeem was still a uh, good enough uh, elite level fighter at that point. Why um, he? Uh, he was good enough five years ago. <laughs> okay. Pavlovich has you want to you want to slander uh, over him now too. You're I mean, he just here. wasn't still good then. I don't. No, think. okay, fine. fine. <laughs> he wasn't good then. Uh, Pavlovich has gotten better since then. We'll say he's all of his wins have come via knockout or, or TKO. All of his UFC wins. Uh, before all this, he was regional champ. He's got four inches reach on blades. A year younger than him. He's more than two times active landing strikes. Two point three times more active landing strikes than blades. So he should be way more active uh, in the striking realm here. He has outstruck his UC opponents by 3.77 strikes per minute, and he is at plus 150. Razor Blades, 17-3 with one no contest, 12 knockouts. He's been knocked out three times. That was to Derek Lewis and twice to Francis Ngannou. So probably the two hardest hitters we've ever seen in the sport. Probably, uh, four, yeah. Yeah, more than likely, right? Um, 12-3 and three with one no contest in the UFC. He's won three straight fights and seven of eight. The last two, he's won via TKO. All of a sudden, he is a knockout artist. He's a wrestling, was a wrestling champion. He's got an inch of height on Pavlovich. Better striking and grappling numbers than the Russian. Uh, he's outstruck his UFC opponents from 1.84 strike per minute. He's at minus 163. There's one of those weird numbers you always love. I love um, when you come with that. Yep. 
Give me blades. Um, obviously, the wrestling is probably what he will rely on, but the power of the past few fights, he's been knocking people out, which is if he's going to be a knockout artist with, with the wrestling that he has, then yeah, look out, John Jones. So give me blades here. Yeah, I, I will say this. I uh, I actually predicted at the beginning of the year when we did the uh, the future odds. You did, yep. That, that Curtis Blades would be champ. Uh, yep. I, I think it's, it's trending that way. And I will also say this. I, I love him in this fight. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, we don't know what the takedown game of Pavlovich is like. And I, in fact, I said that at the beginning of the show, right? Like I said, I'm not sure what it looks like either. Uh, but I will say this. What we've seen out of Pavlovich in the grappling department has looked troublesome. And granted, it was a while ago, but the overeem trip that led to him being TKO'd is problematic. And you know, for for those who think Overeem was still in his prime, then uh, if you're he, one of those, he never people, was a wrestler. We'll, uh, we will agree on that. He was never a wrestler, and then <laughs> and then two fights later, he was promptly knocked out by Zirnio Rosenstrike. So uh, you know, I'm not sure he was still in his prime yet. He had his and, mouth ripped off his face, also. So yeah, and that was all in the same uh, same calendar year, or no, same 12 months, same 12 months rather. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't think he was still in his prime at that point, and. The other time we saw him actually defend a takedown was Abil Sh- or Shamil Abdurakahimov threw like kind of like a naked overhand right and wound up with like, I don't want to call it a body lock. It was like a double leg takedown, only he forgot to attack the legs and instead attacked his like lower back. Um, and it didn't work. Uh, eventually Pavlovich like framed out and got out of it. But if if Shamil Abdurakahimov is getting in on takedown attempts and then just doing like sloppy shit and getting it stuffed, Curtis Blades will finish it. Curtis Blades is the type of guy who finishes it. And I think he's craftier at getting on the inside than Shamil Abdurakimov is. So for me, I, I think Pavlovich has too many issues with people closing the distance with him. I think he has too many problems getting back to his feet. Um, and I think Curtis Blades is the worst person in the world to fight if that's the case. Yeah, Blades is definitely pick here. Oh, um, Pavlovich has challenged Blades to try to use his wrestling, so uh, I don't think he needs to be challenged. I, I yeah, I, I think he's just gonna. I think he's just gonna do it. Yeah, I think he's just. Hopefully, he doesn't think he's he's a striker now that he's knocking people out. Hopefully, he'll get him down. He can he can knock him out on the ground, right? That's yeah, much I, safer. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all in on it. All right, that's our picks, but don't, don't go away. We got more winners for you. All right, let's recap the main card picks. We are both in on Blades, both in on Tavares. Both in on Gordon, both in on Lucindo, both in on Wells. I didn't even realize that we were agreeing with one another, but here we go. We're, we're all the same. We're 62% a lifetime when we agree with one another. So hopefully um, we up that number a bit uh, even more after after this card, since we're all in uh, together on the main card at least. All right. Locks, dogs, parlays. Oh, I forgot props. Props and then parlays. We'll let Dan start with locks. It's your turn. Uh, you know, I, I actually alternated between like three or four of them. I, I like I like Marshall. I like Blades. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think I'm just going to play it safe this week. I think I'm going to take Lucindo. Uh, yeah. Huge number. Negative 300. But like for the last week, we need it. Yeah. Like like I, I whiffed last week for the first time in nine weeks on my lock, um, which is a long time to be on and uh she's really good and, and she's going to be fighting somebody who's way older than her way slower than her and has shown huge holes so yeah give me negative 300 lucindo as my lock um what do you think about ricky glenn for a lock minus 162 
I you know, kind of like that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. As long as he keeps it on the feet, he's good. Right, Glenn, 162 is my lock. Plus, he also has a good mustache. It was a good mustache day on uh, yep. Top Turtle. Top Turtle is all about week. the mustaches. Yeah, we're, we're a pro mustache this week. Um, all right, so uh, I'm up for dog now. Yes, you is are. I'm going to take uh, Priscilla Cachueta. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Priscilla Cachueta comes in here. She brings the noise. She knocks her out. I, I think it's going to be uh, a hell of a performance by Priscilla Cachueta. Give me Priscilla Cachueta uh, plus 168. Is my There's a good number. Um, yeah. I agree with that. I, we also agree with my lock, uh, my uh, dog pick, he stand. Bring he stand over Dana Baccarel plus 135. All right. Let me just stick that in mind. That number's mind. been all over, all over the map. So if, if you see a number you like, you may want to jump on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it might be lower than that by the time you get to it. All right. My turn for prop. Uh, for yeah. my prop, I'm going to take Brad Tavares. Uh, I, I don't think Brad Tavares gets a finish. It's been a while since Brad Tavares no, has finished, right? Finish like, people. Yeah, yeah. Like decision against Sakhmedov, decision against Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, he did finish Christoph Jaco, which is worth noting. Decision against Tiales Leites, decision against Elias Theodoro, decision against Kai Magalesh, decision against Nate Marquardt, decision against Lorenz Larkin. Like, dude, look at the trend. He's He's got two finishes in the UFC. It's the aforementioned Christoph Jaco. And then the last person he finished before that was Phil Baroni. I was still in college when he finished Phil Baroni. Uh, that was on uh, the... Uh, Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard fight card. Uh, so give me Brad Tavares by decision plus 170. Uh, wow, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that seems criminal. Like, give me him at plus yeah. 170. I like that pick. I won't piggyback on it, but I do like it. Uh, give me, what's Jeremiah Wells via knockout or TKO? What's it's that? plus 350. Give me that. It's a big number, but he's been finishing people. Um, yeah. and I think you can do it again this week because you're talking about Summonsberger dipping his head. So there you go. All right, uh, recap. Our locks, Lucindo and Glenn. Our dogs, Ketchua and Heastand. Our props, Tavares, Tavares via decision. And Wells via, I got to write down knockout here, via knockout or TKO. All right, here we go. Hungry Man Jung, super fan parlay. Guaranteed to get you at least 10 to 1 your money when it hits. Let's make it hit. Two fights, make it hit. So the reason I had that uh, Jeremiah Wells number on hand, pretty yep. obvious. I had it for the Hungry Man Jung parlay. All right, well, uh, Jeremiah knockout. Wells. Yeah, let's start with Jeremiah Wells by knockout. Like you said, love that he dips his head. Love that he winds up in a position where he could get hit all the time. Uh, and 350 is a crazy number for a guy who's coming in and knocked out his last two opponents. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah give me Jeremiah Wells, KO, plus 350. I'm going to pair it with another knockout. We're going to go double knockout here for our props. Uh, and I'm going to take Priscilla Cachoeira against the knockout. Um, you know, she's been going out knocking out a lot of people. I mentioned Kareem De Silva, you know, kind of a jiu-jitsu specialist who has trouble with her range. Cachoeira plus 300 on the All return right. for the KO. Um, and you put those two together, you're going to get 17 to 1, plus 1,700. All right. Beautiful. Okay. Now we've given you all your picks. Um, if you enjoyed our episode and you haven't already, give us a review. Um, let us know what you thought of the show. Only if it's positive, of course. All right. Uh, get in the Discord. Told you about that. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We are, it's busy in there every day, especially on UFC fight nights or pay-per-views, obviously. Uh, the place is jumping, and it's all pretty much positive vibes all the time, too. So get in there, have some fun. Twitter, rest, GPN MMA. Gumby runs that. He also is at Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. Uh, if you'd like to listen to Gumby talk some more, Top Turtle MMA. Uh, he has two fighters from this week's card on his podcast this week, Ricky Glenn and Brady Heastan. So make sure you listen to that. 
read all our stuff uh, and everyone else's stuff and get listen to the podcast, get all our deals. We have uh, contests, all that fun stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And subscribe to my MMA newsletter. Get it into your email, email box, pretty inbox pretty much every day. And uh, enter my free pick'em contest that I run every week for the UFC. That would be moneymma.substack.com. Boom. Gumby, take us out of here. We'll be back on Sunday. I'm David Gumby Freeland. He's Jeff King Fox. And we will see you on Sunday.